Hello, everybody, and welcome to the long weekend edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at SKNR.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, pop culture, hardware, theme parks, entertainment, and more. And I'm joined uh, this week with Justin. Uh, Michael is tied up on things, as is Joseph. And you can also catch us online at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L central.com. Keyword skewed is that is a network of 12 newspapers and 20 markets where you see our video game reviews. Our most recent is for Rainbow Six Extraction. We have our skewed and reviewed magazine, and we will be putting out a new issue in March. You can get it at Barnes & Noble and other outlets. Uh, digital version, there are print versions available for those who still like those. You can catch us each week on Sci-Fi Radio, and of course, I appear on KISW's BJ Shea's Geek Nation on uh, KSW.com. We put the simulcast up every Friday and um, lots of news and such. So a uh, little different format today. I'm going to go over a bit of news before we get to the topics. I uh, wanted to mention that Steel Series has a brand new line of products that are themed after Destiny, so you definitely will want to check that out. Um, for those looking at a little bit of retro gaming fun, there's a um, classic game called Power Slaved, which was an Egyptian-themed shooter from back in the day with a retro-looking gameplay, and it's gotten an update with Power Slave Exhumed, so you can check that out. And then, of course, as we start moving forward, uh, we have the brand new Oddworld Stranger's Wrath HD, which is an updated version of the classic game from years ago. I have some PS5 gameplay up. And this week also saw all kinds of new products roll out, uh, or in this case, not so much products, but upgrades. And what we saw was a new season, season two for Call of Duty Vanguard, which brought out two new maps, including Gondola and Casablanca, also included the brand new chapter for the zombie mode, Terra Maldicta, which has been a lot of fun. And for those who play Warzone, there are all sorts of new scenarios, including the advent of armored vehicles coming into play and uh, more promise down the line. So lots of good stuff there, and if that wasn't enough, just as we were all set trying to keep up with all of these new updates, Rainbow Six Extraction dropped a brand new mode called Spillover, where teams have to essentially take and defend canisters to strategic locations. Now, the great thing about this is it starts off, it's in three waves, a two-canister wave, a three-canister wave, and then a four-canister wave. And if you are able to survive all the waves, which I actually was able to do twice this morning, um, thanks to having a really good team and some really good upgrades, there is some Buku XP to um, enjoy. And this is only available for a limited time, so you do want to check that out if you are playing the game. So, Justin, we had some alien news this week, and I figure, since you are the alien person, let's go ahead and start there. What can you tell us about this, and what do you think of it? Yeah, so there was uh, just not a huge amount of news, just a little bit of uh, news about the setting that we're going to be, the alien TV show uh, that we've brought up several times before will uh, take place kind of roughly around the same time as Prometheus, uh, so that's like 90 years from now. Um, 
that kind of makes sense to me a little bit just because uh i think that time period is probably the one we've seen the most of what earth looks like if, if that makes sense like uh there was really only one scene actually it was even cut well no there was a few scenes that took place on earth um but there were some cut scenes with um um covenant had a scene uh, yeah. as well on earth that got cut yeah and then uh you know there were scenes um with wayland on on earth as well that you know i think got cut from from prometheus so you know it's probably the one that I, I makes the most sense uh it's probably the easiest to do just because um i think one thing that they've always kind of struggled with is getting the um that kind of retro future style down uh that was in alien and aliens um you know i think the world as it's depicted in prometheus is probably a little bit easier to do with modern cgi and and um and artists with with sci-fi it's a little more in line with stuff you'd probably see now um on other channels that are that take place in kind of like a sci-fi universe so i think that sort of makes sense but um we'll have to kind of see how i'm i'm still a little apprehensive about the whole project for just the the angle that they're going with it um i'm not a huge fan of it being on earth but uh i also sort of understand that just because of um you know it's uh it's probably a little costly to to you know set set it on remote worlds <laughs> so uh we'll we'll see how it goes i think one of the things too is they need to have a clear definition of exactly what we're looking at uh in terms of earth the implications that we got in prometheus was that earth is earth but uh you know as we know it now whereas in covenant the implication was that the cities were overcrowded that perhaps there were some climate issues which was why people would be so willing to essentially set out on this extremely long trip um you know to colonize a new world that let's be honest they only had surveys of from you know, probes and stuff like that. Nobody had actually been there to the best of our knowledge. And while you always had people throughout history that were willing to go out and take on the great adventure, that's an interesting scenario. But then you look at the uh, setting of the classic film, Alien, we don't see any problem with Earth. I mean, yeah, they're bringing some mineral ore back to Earth, but the point is it looks like it's still a major destination and people are still very much there. Will and Utani still very much has a company there, uh, the you know the main presence as we learn in um, Aliens, which is 57 years later. So it will be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see uh, what happens. I mean, I, my guess is that you have this whole thing of the competition for territory and raw materials, and essentially just power uh, does propel the move forward into the vastness of space, but at the same time, I think that you're going to see um, kind of the, sh we need to shore things up at home, but also we need to get out there and it will be interesting to see how they do this because as you know, it, it, you can't have an alien series without the alien, but at the same time, you know, otherwise they'd call it something like the Wayland yutani Chronicles or something like that, but who knows? 
I think uh, I, I think we can bet there'll be a creature of some sort, but uh, how, when, and where it rolls into it, I, I don't think I don't think we're going to roll out and see it in the very first episode. I think they're going to basically spend a lot of time setting up the universe, setting up the characters and stuff like that, and there'll be all these little hints, but I don't think they're going to drop the alien right off in episode one. That would just goof things up way too much, I think. But who knows? I mean, you know, here's a crazy idea, Justin. Maybe in some ways it's going to be a possible Prometheus sequel in that if the Prometheus mission has already happened, maybe it'll address the... I know we've had the uh, comics take on this topic, but maybe we will get some kind of, okay, well, what was the follow-up, and did this lead to the special order that... uh, drove alien and you know uh, it it also dances very close to needing to be careful not to go too far because it it, the way i see it is it would have to be around the time of prometheus but before covenant because you couldn't have that whole unless that's where it wants to wrap up where david is essentially reporting his findings to the company and that you know there there are just so many gray areas uh about that because we all want to know where that the idea for the special order came from but at the same time you the more they try to fill in the holes the more questions they ask because if david was truly in contact with someone in the company and his goal was to go set up a colony somewhere uh you know gee the question would be asked well why didn't you just go there instead of uh essentially putting this special order out there. So lots of questions, not many answers. And then add to it, the new season of Fargo has been greenlit, and they've already committed uh, the showrunner to completing that before he moves on to the new series. So we're being told that at the earliest we should expect it would be sometime in the fall of 2023. Uh, So who knows? Who knows? Lots of interesting stuff to consider. Other things to look at is this week we had a lot of news come out about the new uh, video game projects that are currently in the works from a cinematic standpoint. Now, many studios have started to take direct control of their uh, projects, so you don't see many of the uh, misfires that have happened because studios, especially Ubisoft, have their own production. And they have done a lot better rather than licensing things out. We've seen the advantages of putting things on Netflix because Castlevania series, the Witcher series have done very well. And now we have word that Bioshock is going to be getting a uh, Netflix series. And this comes on the news that a Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is already in production, as well as a new animated series. And just when we thought the news of the video game world for the week was done, then came out, uh, Walton Goggins will be taking part in the Fallout television series. So, Justin, what do you make of this, and which one do you think are we, uh, which game do you think we're going to hear about next? <laughs> uh, tough so was call. A, yeah, that is a tough call. I was actually looking at, someone had posted a list of everything that's either been announced or um, is actively in development. So, they're, they're actually, you know, filming or doing pre-production work. Let me see if I can find that list, but it's pretty extensive. Um, so, so yeah, you named several of them. So, obviously, Uncharted just came out. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is coming out uh, early this year. 
We got the Mario movie at the mm-hmm. end of this year. Um, and then ones that are actually being developed, um, not just announced. So you got Minecraft, Tomb Raider, or another Tomb Raider movie, um, a sequel to, to Detective Pikachu, Borderlands, Bioshock, uh, Yakuza, Mega Man, Beyond Good and Evil, uh, Metal Gear Solid, Just Cause, and then ones that um, have kind of been announced but no work has been done, Gears of War, Call of Duty, Half-Life Portal, Firewatch, The Division, Five Nights at Freddy's, Just Dance, Dragon's Lair, and that doesn't even go into TV shows because TV shows there's basically a list just as long, um, which you know includes Fallout, which we just that you had just mentioned. So um, I sort of think that we're at the phase where um, of video game adaptions where they're kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks, I guess, if that makes sense. So um, you know, there was there was a time when uh, comic book movies. I, I know. A lot of people probably probably don't remember this, but uh, there was a time when comic book movies didn't didn't really succeed real very well. There, you know, there was the Batman movie from the '80s, um, which did pretty good, but um, you know, up until Spider Man came out, uh, you know, comic book movies really just weren't a huge thing. Like they they could be successful, but um, I think one of the key components that really made uh, superhero movies take off was that the key demographics, you know, was really in their favor around the 2000s and going, you know, forward from the 2000s because people who were older grew up with the comics and people who were younger grew up with the cartoons and the video games based on, you know, all the Marvel properties. So essentially you could, you could make a movie based on Spider-Man or X-Men or the Hulk and you would you would get people, uh, you know, up in their forties who had read the comics all the way down to people who are, you know, um, just kids who were you know growing up with the like the, the comics as they are now or, um, or the cartoons. And I think video games are kind of somewhat entering that phase now where, you know, people who are a little bit older, you know, grew up with a lot of these properties when when they had first come out, like Sonic or Mega Man or whatever, and. Um, and now you know kids also will will end up in in the theater seats as well. So I think I think a lot of companies are starting to realize that these these properties can work. The difficult thing that I'm really skeptical about is being able to pull a lot of these uh, these settings off because a lot of them are really outlandish. I mean, you know, Marvel Marvel and DC. The one thing that's going going for those that had always been going for those movies is, you know. Uh, a lot of the Marvel movies take place in New York. Okay, so you go you go film in New York. Uh, so a lot of your budget goes into making sure the characters are great. Um, you know the special effects around them are great, but making realizing Rapture from Bioshock is a totally different deal. Um, and that's you know I I Bioshock I think would make an absolutely great movie, but that's the one thing I'm the most skeptical about is how are they going to pull off Rapture? It needs to look like a city at the bottom of the ocean, like circa 19, you know, 62 or whatever. So, um, I think a lot of these can work. It's just, um, we're just going to have to see how they, how they pull it off. You know, I think Fallout could probably work pretty well. I, I like, um, I like that actor, and you know, I, I think what what it said is he's being cast as a, as a ghoul. So, and I th- I think he could pull off a ghoul pretty well from Fallout. So, um, 
So I, I'm I'm curious. I, I think we're kind of entering in a phase where uh, where a lot of these are going to be good, but I mean some of them probably won't be. Um, it's just that's just how it goes. But uh, you know, as soon as someone gets that 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 one that really hits it really hard and is an incredible success, then we're probably going to you know see a lot more money dumped into a lot of these projects. I think what really uh, is pushing this is the fact that the Mandalorian has shown the new technology, that stagecraft technology, where they can literally be on a soundstage in Los Angeles and make it look like they're in the middle of the desert and then in the middle of a canyon. Uh, you know, essentially, instead of having a green screen, you have a 360 degree green screen around them. And I think that helps considerably because, like you said, with a city like Rapture, they don't have to build all these elaborate sets. They could basically say, okay, um, you're stand on this set here and we're going to do a digital recreation around you. So I think that helps. And I think another factor is that we've talked repeatedly about the intense competition for um, content now that so many studios have their own tied in streaming service. And we've had a look at this in terms of Disney is growing by leaps and bounds. They're about to go into 24 more countries, including India, by the end of the year, which is going to be a massive influx of new subscribers for them. Uh, they've got the Star Wars, they've got the Marvel, the Pixar, the Disney, they've got the name recognition. By contrast, we've talked about how Netflix is struggling in the aspect that they have to create their own content. And if you look at Netflix and their shows that have been successful, they're losing Stranger Things because it's come out that they're going to split the upcoming season into two parts, which is a new strategy that, you know, we'll be curious to see if it works because people are so used to being able to have everything drop at once and binge. You're already seeing Amazon and some of the other uh, networks like HBO Max drop uh, one or two episodes to start and then go on a weekly installment. And this is all, um, you know, guaranteed to try to keep people in place rather than watching it dropping and then coming back. So we've talked about Netflix having to borrow heavily to create new content. They've been pushing very hard with theatrical quality productions that involve Hollywood stars. Um, you know, we've got the we've talked about the high amount of money they paid for the two Knives Out sequels that are coming later this year. And I'm thinking that video games is a very interesting territory for them because they only have to deal directly with the video game companies. It's a lot easier for them to say, like, for example, hey, Ubisoft, uh, you know, we're going to do this with you and then we're going to do this. And we've heard that they've got a um, Assassin's Creed project as well as a Division project coming. We've got Bioshock coming. And of course, as you said, the risk is if one of these things bombs, uh, but even their recent Resident Evil project, which while it didn't light the world on fire, it still did well. They did well with Castlevania. They did well with The Witcher. And so I think they're, you know, like anything else, this is the new landscape where everybody's going to be kicking over rocks, seeing what they can find, what sticks, and uh, moving forward with that. The uh, next step I wanted to bring up, or the next topic, is that as... Uh, we hope the world situation is improving. We're hearing more and more about various conventions that are definitely returning to an in-person presence. Now, 
the first one, CinemaCon PAX East, not um, really a shock in terms of we know PAX East was going to be around for a while. CinemaCon did something over the summer, but they're returning to their more traditional time uh, in April, and they, they've already had commitments from, uh, right now it looks like every studio but Disney has committed, and some people are saying, well, you know, why isn't Disney involved? And my response is, well, it's very simple. Disney doesn't have to be involved because they have their own project, the D23 Expo, coming later in the year. And as such, I wouldn't be shocked if they don't have a massive presence at um, San Diego Comic-Con later this year. Uh, but who knows, you know, the, I would think there'll at least be some kind of Marvel presence because that's always been the delicate dance of how much uh, of a presence do they have at Comic-Con in years where they're doing the D23 Expo. And usually it's it's a smaller one, but it's still there. Well, now we have uh, more and more evidence that WonderCon is going to be taking place in person in um, Anaheim at the end of, well, basically the first weekend in uh, April. And, uh, you know, I have a few details I can tell you. I can't go into specifics, but I can tell you that we've been confirmed to be doing a brand new alien panel that builds on the one we did at Comic-Con Special Edition. So I will be there right after our Disney cruise, uh, literally running up to uh, do a day of coverage and do the panel. And so, um, Justin, what do you think? What are you making of these conventions? Do you think it's too soon? Do you think it's about right? And do you, what changes do you think, and aside from the health and safety ones, what changes do you think we're going to be seeing at conventions uh, this year? Yeah, so I, I actually, I do think it's, it is obviously a bit of a gamble because I think what they're looking at, obviously, you know, they have to plan these out way ahead in advance. Uh, so they have to make decisions now, keeping in mind what, what the world's going to look like six months, seven months, eight months from now in a lot of these cases. So um, I think what they're looking at is, you know, across the board, you look, look at where cases are right now and uh, they're way, way, way down. You know, we had the a very significant spike and, you know, we're on the tail end of that. So I think what the gamble they're making is, is there going to be another wave or is there... Um, or, or is it going to kind of settle now that, um, you know, we've got pretty good vaccine rates and, um, you know, it seems, it seems like each subsequent wave is a little less severe than the last one, you know, couple that with the fact that, um, you know, we've been kind of dealing with this for over two years now. So, you know, I think we've kind of adapted to it, even, even if there was kind of another not so bad wave. Um, I think most organizations now have, uh, policies and procedures in, in place, um, to kind of, to kind of deal with it, you know, uh, if, if things get a little bit bad again, you know, maybe be a little harsher on, on the masks and, um, uh, uh, checking for, for vaccine status and, and all that. But I think, I, I think the gamble they're making is that, um, later this year, things are going to be a lot more settled down than they are, uh, were at the beginning of this year. Um, now if, if it gets really, really bad again, then they can probably cancel it. Um, th that's probably the, I mean, it would suck obviously to put all the resources and time into planning one of these events and then to cancel it at the last minute. But uh, I think most of these, these businesses and organizations are kind of making the bet that things are going to be more settled um, later this year than they were last year. So I think it will probably be mostly safe to, to go forward and, um, 
and yeah, like you said, I think what, you know, other than just the, the normal health and safety measures that they'll probably implement, um, for a lot of these events, uh, I think it might be an opportunity to kind of like change the format a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, I think for a lot of these, these events, it will be a good opportunity to kind of do something really, really cool. Uh, you know, haven't really done a lot of these events in a while. So kind of like make them a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, uh, announce more things that might stand out just to kind of garner attention. So that, that might be a good uh, extra benefit as well. I think one of the big things is that you have to look at the history and they can say, well, Comic-Con Special Edition was pulled off without a hitch. New York Comic-Con was pulled off without a hitch. We've had Emerald City Comic-Con. We had PAX West. There are conventions happening all the time. There's one that's happening this weekend, I believe, in Canada with celebrities. Um, Creation has pulled off their shows. They've done, um, the, you know, they did the big Star Trek convention in Vegas you have uh, an upcoming in March. They have a supernatural convention uh, that is going to be taking place in Las Vegas. I believe this week coming up is the Level Up Expo. We talked about CES while it went on. It was, yes, significantly smaller than usual, but nonetheless, they were able to pull it off. And I think, like you're saying, is what we're seeing is that these places are saying, look, with mask mandates, with um, vaccine uh tests or uh, proof of a negative test, not vaccine test, but vaccine verification, proof of a negative test, that sort of thing. These things can be pulled off. And essentially what some of what many of them are saying is, you know, as long as they're masked up, we, we can do a safe environment. Now, my thing to that has always been right, but you have to enforce that because I've seen shows where people are walking around with the masks off on the phone right on the floor and no one's telling them anything even other signs up everywhere saying it has to be over your mouth and nose at all times. By contrast, I've been to shows where somebody tried it below the nose and they were on them just boom instantly. I'm sorry, no, you can't be pulling your mask off to pose for selfies here. If you want to do that, you have to go outside and do it. And so that was nice to see. And I think that's exactly where we're at. I was reading the other day how California is essentially looking to move it out of a pandemic into an endemic status. And basically what they're doing is they're saying that what we're putting our focus on now is on education in that, you know, get your vaccines, wear your masks. This is what you should be doing. This is what you should not be doing. That um, if a flare up happens, having ways to control it, contain it, address it and educate the people how you stop this and deal with it versus moving into shutting down businesses and restricting again. So, you know, they can do that though, because you're in the mid eighties in terms of your, I think they're at like 84% of eligible uh, people vaccinated right now. And, you know, that, that's great, but they also have had the issue with, um, since they have the good weather and the ocean cities have the humidity, people don't like wearing their masks outside. So they've played that delicate balance of, well, if you're gonna go inside, you wear your mask, and if you go out, well, as you know, the theme parks have dropped their mask mandates. Now that, to me, I, I sit here and just the whole notion of thousands of people crammed into the parks, because we have seen large crowds in the parks when we did our Halloween events, when we've covered various things, but we had our masks on. 
not everyone else did. We had our masks on, and after, and I'll admit, there was some trepidation at the beginning, going, "Yeah, I don't know about this." But then, you know, you realize you got your mask on, high vaccination. We were able to get through it, and I think that's kind of where my hesitation is right now. It's you're going to put a large number of people in an area completely unmasked. Maybe that's a bit too soon to be pulling that because remember the last time they pulled this, they said if you were fully vaccinated, you didn't need to wear a mask. Well, what happened? Exactly what I said. All these unvaccinated people, ah ha ha, I'm vaccinated, ha 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 ha, knowing they can't or won't check. And what happened? We got Delta and we got Omicron from it. So you know, here we are at the big question mark again. We've got all these places relaxing mandates. We have spring break coming up, and that's going to be the big question: is where are we going to be in two months? Is it going to be the same or better, or are we going to be staring down another wave, going, "Oh, great, now what?" Um, but I think again, the conventions have basically looked at it and said we've had a year of playing around with this, and we're convinced that it worst case scenario, if we have to require masks and we have to require, um, you know, proof of a negative test or a um, proof of vaccine to get in, we can pull it off. And, uh, you know, so far the data has backed this up. I've noticed that there are several things uh, different, like for many of the times when you meet with celebrities, they are masked up. Uh, the people who do the meet and greet, they're like separated by a plastic barricade and that sort of thing. But people are adapting and they go forward. And so for me, the big question is going to be, what is the studio involvement? We already saw from CES a lot of companies dropped out, uh, many at the 11th hour. We saw with, um, I'm drawing a blank, Comic-Con Special Edition, a lot of, there, there were not really any major um, studios taking part in that, but a lot of people thought, well, that might have to do more with the fact it was Thanksgiving weekend. And we saw the same thing happen with PAX West in that, None of the big boys, none of even the medium level people came out. It was all obscure European indie companies uh, and such. So the question's going to be, okay, you're pulling on the show, but you've got to have what people expect. And if the celebrities aren't there and if the studios aren't there, are you really going to have a successful show? And that is going to be the million-dollar question. Well, that is going to do it for us this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We covered a lot of topics, and next week we hopefully will be back with uh, the full crew. And until then, take care, stay safe, and have a great weekend.